Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo's Fuse Podcast. This is episode 179, entitled New Switches Revealed. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about those new Switches. We're going to be talking about our our thoughts about Super Mario Maker 2 and a lot of other stories. Uh, but uh, my name is Steve, and I am joined today by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while since it's been uh, a month since we've been on the podcast. I unfortunately had to miss out last episode, but uh, I know you and Greg had had a pretty good discussion without me, uh, especially there at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had some fun discussions. Uh, we definitely missed you, of course. Um, but as they say, the show must go on. It must, it must, and you guys did a great job uh, for sure. Unfortunately, Greg is not with us at the beginning, but he'll be uh, he'll be joining us pretty soon, um, and uh, we'll get him on there on here as uh, as soon as he shows up. Uh, but uh, like I said, there's a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the new switches and uh, and the Joy Cons and and uh, Super Super Mario Maker Two and a bunch of other things. But before we jump into that, we do want to talk about uh, you guys. Because that's you guys are what makes this podcast so awesome. And uh, if you are new, we want you to hit that like button. We want you to hit that subscribe button, and we want you to hit that bell. Especially here on YouTube, all those different things just help uh, you to be alerted every time we go live, every time we go, uh, you know, post podcast or any of our other videos here on YouTube. Uh, maybe you're listening later on uh, another podcast app of choice. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button there too, and uh, share this with friends. If you have other people that really love Nintendo and uh, just love here. Other uh, people will talk about Nintendo. Share this with others, and uh, that'd be great as well. And uh, here's the deal: we we go live every couple weeks to talk about you know Nintendo, and it's a great time here on the podcast. Uh, but we would love to engage with you guys in conversation about Nintendo throughout the week and uh, between those podcasts. So if you've not followed us on social media, be sure to do that, and also uh, join our Discord um, server. And all the links for that will be in the show notes um, here on YouTube, down in the description and um yeah that'd be great to just uh join in with you guys and, and talk um especially throughout the the podcast if you're joining us live we'd love for you to just throw all your thoughts about everything that we're we're talking about in the chat and we'll uh, refer to the chat several times uh throughout the uh the podcast and uh love to just hear your your feedback on what we're talking about but uh let's jump right in and uh barry what have you been playing lately I've been playing quite a bit. Um, uh, I'm still playing Final Fantasy XIV, uh, as I will be for the foreseeable future. Uh, Shadowbringers is just too amazing of an expansion. And if you like classic Final Fantasy, you you just owe yourself to to play this expansion. It's amazing. Uh, on the mobile end, I have been playing uh, Dragalia Lost, of course. Uh, new content, uh, Astral Rage just came out. Uh, a great way for them to recycle older content with new rewards. Uh, they're just doing a great job um, keeping up with that game, and I'm having way more fun than I ever thought I would with a Nintendo mobile title with that. Uh, still still messing around with Pokemon Go. I know they're doing some things with Team Rocket or Live now. I just really haven't paid attention. I log in, I do my daily thing, and I log out. Uh, and then, uh, I know we'll be talking about it in a little bit, but Dr. Mario World, I've been messing around with that as well. That came out. Uh, and on the Switch end, uh, I finally got to Super Mario Maker 2. I know uh, you and Greg both had a head start over me. I uh, played through the story 100%, got everything, uh, really enjoyed it. I made a couple levels uh, that I shared through our Discord, and uh, and you've been having fun with that. 
And uh, I actually started Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, which I'm not terribly far in. I'm, I'm past the first area. I'm able to change my team out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so far, it's interesting. I did the first challenge. Like, I w- went to go do the first, like, the infinity thing. It's, like, level mm-hmm. 7. And I got my ass kicked. Like, I was doing, like, 5 damage to, to <laughs> Nebula. And I'm like, why am I doing so little damage? I'm level 7, too. Like, this... This doesn't make sense. Like, why would you give me something that's going to kick my butt right away? Uh, but I, I know I'll, I'll be able to go back to it. But it's one of those. It's a fun game so far. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I've actually been playing uh, very similar things. I um, I've been playing uh, um, Doctor Mario World, uh, which we'll talk about in just a bit. Um, of course, been playing Rocket League, so don't need, don't need to talk about that much more. I've put in like almost 300 hours, I think, in so far. Um, but uh, and that's not counting the other systems. I think which Jakester actually uh, noticed that on my my Switch profile, <laughs> he's like, "Who put in so many?" I was like, "Yeah, that'd be me." Um, and then uh, Super Mario Maker Two, we'll talk about that in just a bit. But I also uh, put I put it in uh, a good number of hours. I think maybe six or so, six to seven hours in Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three. Um, and, uh, a little bit, I'm, I'm kind of caught off guard because I feel like the, the camera is zoomed in more than it used to be in, in one and two. And it, it threw me off in the beginning. Um, but also I'm, I'm playing a single player. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit difference when, when I play a multiplayer, I'm not sure if it zooms out at all for it's, if it's always close. Um, but it, it threw me off in the beginning, but it took just a few levels and I, and I got used to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fun game. I've I've gotten a little bit further than you, um, and and kind of was thrown off as well by like there there's some there's some challenging battles there in the beginning, it, and it's interesting. It's, it's I feel like the the boss battles are quicker paced than than one and two. I feel like I, I'm encountering bosses a lot less quicker than uh, than I did in one and two, which which keeps things interesting for sure. But at the same time, it's a lot, it, it seems like a lot of rinse and repeat, repeat uh, sort of things as well. So um, I think the big thing is that I, I get to get, get some time to play with a friend. And so Barry, we'll have to, we'll have to play online sometime and, uh, and see how the co-op is like, because that's, that's where the, that's the fun that I had in, in one and two was playing with friends. And I, I contacted the other two friends that I played one and two with, and I remember just staying up, hours hours into the evening like just um all sitting on the couch and like you know hammering away at at, at the game and uh and neither of them have a switch and it's like man i really wanted to play this with you guys so uh so i'll have to seek out some other friends i guess and play uh play through three so we'll have to check it out sometime yeah i i've been i, I agree the camera is the one thing that right now has been irking me because i i hate playing a game like that where it's so zoomed in i like i don't care if i'm an ant I just like to be able to see more of the field. Um, although I did find myself losing where I am, like in big battles, like, oh, which one am I? Oh, I'm over here. Attack. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm really down here. What the heck? I'm just attacking the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, I'm not sure that's going to, I'm going to get used to that. But uh, yeah, definitely. And they just had uh, San Diego Comic Con was this weekend. And Nintendo was there with some Marvel Ultimate Alliance news. Um, did you catch that at all? Yes, I did. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty exciting. Um, I have not bought the DLC yet, but I'm I'm excited uh, that the that the free uh, characters are coming. It's Cyclops and Colossus um, yeah. I think for for X Men, and uh, and yeah, the DLC. I, I want to buy it, but at the same time, you know, like I could just shelled out sixty bucks for for the whole game. So I'm like, mm, I'm gonna hold back. 
on on the DLC for now, but it's kind of cool. You get an extra, I guess, a, a extra skin for Deadpool if you do buy the DLC, uh, the the season pass, I guess. So. Yeah, you get uh, right now. Marvel Knights is the only one that's shown off. We, you know, Blade seeing Blade is cool, and and obviously Mephisto is cool, and and the Punisher and stuff. So it's really nice to see those characters. Moon Knight, I think, is the fourth. Um, and with the Cyclops and Colossus, like they showed them in the treehouse, and they had voice and everything, and they got like sent off somewhere, and like, and I'm like, wait a second, you guys are talking about X Men, but you guys aren't talking about those two. Those two were clearly there. Like, why are why are you not talking about them? Are they just not in the game? And then they revealed the full roster, and I didn't see them, and and I was like, what the heck? Like, they're fully developed. Like, don't make a DLC when the characters are already there. So I'm really happy to see that they're free DLC because because I felt after they showed all that, I'm sure they got people saying hey we saw the footage on treehouse we want to play cyclops we want to play colossus why are they not there um because there is an x-men dlc pack coming so i'm glad this is not included and i hope this is uh the way they're going to do it there's going to be more free dlc as well yeah i hope so too because i was i was slightly disappointed when i originally heard they had dlc characters because i was like man the, the original games just had so many characters for the actual price of the game. I was like, don't make me like in the end, it's, it's like another 20 bucks or $25 for the deal. And so like, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money, 70 bucks or 80 bucks for the, you know, for all that. When, you know, in the past I, I paid, you know, 50 or $60 for the, the original one and two to, to have all those characters. And I'm sure they're going to have even more with the DLC, but it's, it's, it's great to see that they're adding more characters <coughs> without having to pay for it as you, well. Well, also you do friends. remember ultimate Alliance absolutely did have DLC. In fact, ultimate Alliance one's DLC is kind of controversial in a sense. Uh, it's one of those advocates for physical media, in, in fact, because they added the DLC and then they lost the rights to those characters. So the DLC had to be stripped from the store. So if you have like the vanilla version of the game, you have the complete game, but you don't have the complete game. You don't have those extra characters and you can't get them. However, I believe it was only on 360 they released the special edition version of the game or the gold edition version. They released it twice, once as a platinum hits and one as a regular. And those versions of the discs actually contained the DLC characters. So it's the only way to play the full version of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 with all the DLC are those discs. Was that even, did they have DLC on, on the GameCube version? Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I'm assuming there was it on GameCube. I thought it was only on Wii, Wii 360 PS3. It, it was Wii okay, it was and Wii, it probably yeah. did have DLC. Um, I would assume it would, but again, all that, they lost the right. So all that DLC is gone, yeah. especially on the Wii. I mean, there's no way to download now on the Wii anyway. Uh, so those, like, if you wanted to go back and play ultimate Alliance and you wanted the full roster, you had no choice, but to find those 360 discs, which are naturally more expensive than the vanilla version of the the game right right you know i don't think i even realized they had dlc uh for those because i think we just played with uh those friends we just played with the who was on the on the game to start with so i don't think i even realized there there was was that there at all so yeah i don't know if two had dlc because two uh, you know as far as i know there's only one version of two but uh yeah, yeah. it's uh it's it's see that that's why one thing i hate about dlc like i love it and i hate it because i love it because it adds to the game but I, I want Game of the Year edition versions. I want them to re-release with all the content on the disc. Like, even when they did, like, Zelda, they re-released in the big box. Like, if it said, hey, we have the expansion pass on the disc, I would totally buy that again. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like... So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that there's DLC because there is a lot of characters in Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. There's a lot of right. base characters, and if you factor in Cyclops and Colossus, 
into that mix as well because they're free. Yeah. Um, there's a really good chunk of characters. This is only if you want more. And my my thing with the DLC is it's not coming till fall. I'm not going to be. I shouldn't say I'm not, but the odds of me playing this game a lot in the fall or even into next year are probably slim to none because there's going to be all these other games coming out. And that's one of the things that it's supposed to bring me back to the game. But do I really want to go back just to grind new characters? Probably not unless there's, you know, if we're doing it together as friends or if there's some kind of additional content. Um and I, I, I hate that because like I'd love to play with all, the whole full roster, but do I really want to pay twenty bucks just to look at their picture and go, okay, I'm done, turn it right. off, pick out the game and play right. Prince Awakening or whatever, you know? Right. Because like me, like I, I find a couple characters that I really like playing with, and I'll just stick with them. Like I love like trying out different ones, but as far as like playing through the game, I'll stick with a, a, a smaller roster and like really build them up and just really pour into them. Um, and, and I don't know if that's worth that extra money. And, and it's interesting because I was I was questioning this, and it seems like you just confirmed it is. And it's not going to be extra levels or anything like that. It's just characters because it does uh, no, say character DLC. It does say story. It does say there's new story okay. content. So there is that. Um, but again, you have to think about the competition, and you have to think about what you're going to be doing. And it, again, this is a very much a couch co-op game. So if it's like the holiday season, and you want to wait till like the holiday season, you have like a cousins over or friends over, and you're just sitting around. And you say, "Hey, let's play through it." Twenty dollars is well worth it, a hundred percent. But if you don't have that, or you have no one else to play with, or you just you're busy, we we don't we don't know the full roster in terms of Nintendo's holiday. We're not sure if things are going to be shifted around. But if you're in the middle of like Pokemon Sword and Shield. Or, you know, you still get into Luigi's Mansion. Uh, we, we wanted to play these games at this point. Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's go to the chat. Let's see. Uh, looks like Jakester's uh, kind of pulled out Xenoblade 2. Um, and uh, he's had no power uh, where he was. But uh, during that time, he, he got some time with uh, Xenoblade 2, which I'm sure makes you pretty happy there, uh, Barry. Absolutely. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, it looks like that's pretty much all guys have been saying so far. Uh, Douglas is asking if we're going to talk about Nintendo Lite. Uh, it's in the title tonight. Uh, new Switches have been revealed, so we're definitely going to get to that uh, pretty soon. And uh, how about a little tease there? Uh, Barry, I know there's something that people need to stick around till the end of this podcast for, right? Uh, we to give a little tease maybe about that? Uh, yeah. Well, you want me to go into it or just tease? Just, let's just tease them because we want them to stick around for the whole podcast. Fair sure. enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we've done something uh, over the past two years that we're very, very happy to be able to to bring to our listeners and to our followers. And uh, all I'll say is we're able, thankfully, to do it again this year. And uh, to find out what that is, uh, I guess we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, what Barry doesn't know is I also have a, a second surprise as well at the end of the podcast. Uh, it, it may not, depending on your on your your perspective, it may not be as cool, but it is it is pretty cool. So uh, some really great things at the end of the podcast. So make sure you do stay tuned for sure. Uh, but let's let's jump into that big news. Uh, pretty much right after you guys finish the podcast, as as normal, uh, Nintendo decides to drop a, a ton of news uh, like the day after, I think it was uh we found out on uh july 10th that they this this whole switch mini well it's kind of real it's they're actually going to call it the switch light 
Um, so following the the 3DS uh, light uh, or the the or did they did they have a 3DS light or is it or is it yeah. game? Yeah, it was, it, it was DS light. DS light, right? DS light and 3DS. Um, and then, um, so yeah, they're bringing the, the Nintendo Switch Lite uh, out, and it's going to come in three different colors at first, and it's going to be releasing on September 20th, so not too far around the corner. Uh, we're going to have three new Switches uh, in in the Lite format, so they're going to be in three different colors, uh, a gray format with and all of these have white or, or grayish buttons. Uh, but it's like a darker gray color, uh, a yellow color, and uh, kind of a turquoise color. And these are going to be um, slightly smaller. And it's going to have a 5.5-inch screen. It's going to have uh, a slightly better battery life. I think it's going to be going up to like five, six hours, if I'm correct. I'll, I'll check the, uh, the thing just a second when we start talking about battery life. But it is a better battery, better battery life than the original Switch. And it's also got its, as we, as we assumed would happen, the Joy-Cons are actually attached. And uh, you, cannot, you cannot remove them at all. And the left... Uh, Four button array that uh, that was on the original Joy-Con. So these four buttons here are actually a uh, a control pad. Um, so the, the the plus control pad is, is on that left one, um, so that you can you know you know use it for for whatever games that you'd like to use it for. Um, a lot of people that were kind of uh, missing that on the Joy Cons. So um, yeah, attached Joy Cons that you can't remove. Um, so they better battery life, slightly smaller overall with a 5.5 inch screen. It also, of course, loses the, uh, the HD rumble because those were in the joy cons. So, um, you lose the HD rumble. You also lose the kickstand. Um, I don't think they, they don't expect you to be, uh, propping this one up and, and playing, even though you can attach, uh, joy cons to it via Bluetooth. Um, and roller and things like that that does not have a kickstand so you're gonna have to find a different way of, of propping it up if you do want to play that way and also loses that ir sensor that was in the right joy con um but that's not all it also loses maybe the biggest thing the ability to connect to your tv uh this is strictly a handheld device so is this uh is this the 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 actual replacement for the 3ds for the ds and everything the game boy line is this uh is we are we officially going to one device and it's just the switch light and the switch main switch and maybe switch pro down the line um we don't know but uh, it definitely seems like that then on top of that news they have three colors they added a fourth one that's going to be available in october is that correct am i, am I getting that correct uh, or November. I think it's right around November 8th. November. Yeah, November 8th uh, with the uh, with Pokemon Sword and Shield. They're going to have a Pokemon version, um, which does not surprise me at all. I don't know if it does you, Barry, but uh, to have a Pokemon version of this. And in my opinion, this is the coolest looking one. Uh, it's kind of a light gray color. It's got the, um, the legendaries on the back. Uh, the buttons on the front are that turquoise and kind of magenta color, kind of plays off the sword and shield colors. And uh, I, I think this is the coolest looking one of them all. So, um, Barry, what do you think of the Nintendo Switch Lite? Well, I mean, it's something that's been rumored for a long time. Um, I was really hoping for a pro, uh, and I do expect a pro now next year to compete with the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet. Um I think it's smart. 
I think it is the nail in the 3DS coffin. And Nintendo has stated like, oh, no, we're going to continue to support the 3DS and the 3DS isn't dead, uh, but they have nothing to show for the 3DS. There's no more titles coming to the 3DS in terms of physical. Um, I think actually I stand corrected. I think GameStop has one unannounced SKU. Uh, if I had to put my money on it, that might be Yokai Watch Blasters 2 um, because it's the only Yokai Watch game to not come to America on the Switch or on the 3DS. And it just seems like logical, like, oh, Yokai Watch 4 is coming over here. Here, have this for the 3DS, you know. Uh, the. Uh, it is the nail. I mean, they said the same thing with the GBA. Like, oh, the DS isn't the GBA killer. No, the GBA is going to keep going. It's a third pillar. No, it's not. Um, I think that they've put all their resources at this time into the Switch. Um, and and that's the way it's going to be. The Switch Lite is the portable version of the Switch, which is, uh, you know, in between. And I expect the Switch Pro to be a console version of the Switch. Uh, it would make sense. And uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm a little annoyed, though, that this has come to fruition because I, no joke, just finished designing a Nintendo handheld display. And now, and I wasn't going to include the Switch because I'm like, well, technically it's more like console and I'm not going to, and now it's like this comes out and I'm like, I said to my wife, I'm like, you know what, this this counts as a handheld now. <laughs> and she's like, oh, are you serious? I said, yeah, now I got to check and see if we can have room just to put this in there, which also means I have to purchase it. Uh, but I'm not going to be purchasing it at launch. I'm going to wait. Mm. Um, it's not something I absolutely have to have right away. Mm. Uh, in fact, I want to say my Switch is played probably 95% of the time docked. The only time I've had it undocked is when doing some indie titles, just when I want to play like a night in bed or uh, when I've been traveling uh, like for the last holiday, it was, it was in Tennessee uh, for, for Thanksgiving uh, time and I was able to bring my switch down and stuff like that. So otherwise it's docked, you know, yeah. I love that pro controller way too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I found myself at a detriment actually using the joy cons and some things like smash. Like if you said, Oh, it's play smash portably. I would be so much worse at the game than if I had the GameCube controller, the, the, you know, the wireless GameCube controller. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I'm just so used to. Yeah. Um, but I think it's smart. I think it, that's going to make money. I think it's going to take up the space on the store shelves where the 3DS and the 2DS have fit. Um, and they can now just do it cheaper, put out new colors. I mean, that's one of the things Nintendo loves to do with their handheld is here's new versions and new colors and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot to mention the price. It is uh, at $199 instead of the, the Switch is $299. And so it is $100 cheaper. Um, we don't know if it is going to be more durable or anything, but uh, in my opinion, it definitely seems like Nintendo is reaching out to the younger audiences with this. Um, it, I mean, it's it's the brighter colors. Uh, it's the, you know, the detached screens. It's normally, not, not always, but typically... Uh, Children, or younger kids, or something like that, are usually the ones that are playing more on the go. Not always. I know Greg is is one of the one of the guys that I know that it's, he's a clearly an adult, and he plays more on the go than he plays docked. Um, so there are exceptions to the rule, but I feel like this is definitely more uh, built for for kids. Um, but it could also be, I think, uh, a good for a second switch in the house as well. So like, I know we've talked about this before, if, if my wife is going to get one and I, I didn't really know if there was a, a point of her getting a full blown switch, but I can maybe see myself down the line. If there's a couple games that she really wants to play, get our, our second switch is also, be, it could be a switch light. 
Um, it saves us some money. And, um, and, you know, if we want to play on the TV, oh, we pop mine in there and we're good. But if we want to play on the go, now she's got her switch light. Um, and it's easier to fit in her purse because it's smaller and things like that, too. Um, so, yeah. What do, you, what do you think, Barry? Is this is am I am I on or do you have different thoughts on who this is kind of geared to? Well, it's definitely geared more for the younger audience, but I think it's also geared for the the uh, people on the go audience, and that is very heavily is Japan. Uh, Japan is a lot of the people are on the go mm -hmm. uh, constantly. Portable gaming is huge over there. Um, I think it speaks to them, uh, and I, I like like people like like Greg. He commutes a lot. He takes the train to work. I think think he might enjoy this and and there's a ton of people in this area that commute to new york city all the time by a train so i could definitely see them you know getting some use out of this now there's one thing i feel this is missing and i'm kind of shocked and, and at the same time i'm not um this is this is kind of going back like you have to think back and and before we had these cool things called smartphones um there was this period of time where the coolest portable device was called a pda or a pocket computer and uh, it, it actually had one feature, which was really cool. It had this like leather protecting film uh, like that went over the, the actual screen and you would flip it back uh, and it would fold around behind it while you used your touchscreen. And then you would, you would uh, flip it back over. And this was even used in certain handhelds like the Tapwave Zodiac, which was palm based. Uh, and it's such a cool idea. It, it protects your screen, so you can put it in your pocket, you put it in your bag, and it your screen is not damaged. And this could so easily put this in the Switch Lite, mm. and it would be so awesome. Like, because that's that's my big thing. Like the 3DS, I would take that in my pocket, no problem. Same with the DS. I loved the fact that the screen was protected. When I got my Vita, I never put that thing in a pocket. I put that in a carrying case in my, you know, in my backpack or wherever, but it always had to go in a carrying case. I would never just put it in my pocket because I was worried about that screen being damaged. Same with the switch. Now I would never do it. I would, I put it in the carrying case and put it in backpack and, or, or in my briefcase or, or in a suitcase or wherever I'm taking with me. And I think this would have been a nice solution uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It would have been really nice. I think especially because they because Nintendo has kind of conditioned us now um, with the, the Game Boy SP that, that had clamshell, um, the DS, now the 3DS. You know, we've, we've been conditioned to protect our the screens of our handheld devices. And and yeah, we do put our, our phones and stuff in our pockets and everything. But a lot of us do have screen protectors and they and they will make screen protectors. In fact, they they didn't announce, I believe, a, uh, a case or, a, you know, a, a thing that you could put it in um, when you travel and everything, which is great. Um, but it's not built in. It's not attached. It would be kind of nice, uh, like you're saying, to have something to just attaches to it, flips over. I think of my, my iPad, like the smart covers that are uh, attached by my magnets and it just kind of flips over, protects it. I slide in my bag. I'm good to go. Um, it would be nice to have something like that um, to protect it, especially if this is a dedicated handheld device. Um, I wonder if that, if that screen is going to be, if it's, if it, there's any additional, um, you know, features into it to make sure that it's not getting scratched. I, I haven't heard anything. I guess we'll find out when it, when it actually comes out. I'm sure people are going to do, you know, tests on it and, uh, and, and try to destroy it all over YouTube and, and, you know, uh, see, see how durable it is. Um, but that I agree that is, uh, it's an unfortunate thing that, uh, that seems to be missing. It kind of a little oversight, but I don't know. Is it, you think it's something that could add later? 
I mean, just like the iPad thing, um, it absolutely is something that could be added later. In fact, um, I have a Switch carrying case that uh, it, it fits, around, fits around the Switch, and it does have that flap in front to protect. And then that flap actually, just like an iPad, it folds around and back and creates a, a tabletop stand. Uh, and I use that a lot of times when I'm traveling. You can't dock it with it in it, but it does allow, like when, when traveling, if I'm not using a case, that's what I use mm-hmm. uh, just to protect it. And I, of course, it could be added. I'm sure there's going to be someone to add it because it works for iPads. And and that iPad idea stemmed from the PDA idea prior to. Uh, the only difference is the PDA, PDA idea it was actually attached to the unit. You couldn't take it without it. Um, the iPad, it's obviously they want more money. So, okay, if we didn't give you $1,000 for an iPad, how about an extra $100 to protect it? Um, that's just the way it works. Um, so I wouldn't su- surprise me if Nintendo sold. Uh, I don't know if you remember when they came out with the, the DS or the 2DS, it was designed for kids and couldn't break. But they also had those Nerf cases for the 3DS as well as the, the 2DS um, that were specifically designed for kids. So if they threw it across the room or whatever, it protected it. I can see something like that coming out for the uh, the uh, Switch Lite. Yeah, yeah. And I think Amazon now makes those even for uh, the Fire tablets. You can get a kid's edition, which comes like with this huge thing on it that's all like Nerf-like and, uh, and supposed to protect it from falls and, and things like that. Um, I don't know if they'll, they'll actually go to that, that extent of, of creating something like that, but I'm sure that, that Nerf and other companies like that will be creating things to go on the Switch to uh, the Switch Lite to, to protect it for sure. Um, it is it is very tempting though to have a smaller one to take on the go. And uh, the thought that I had is I, I, I two thoughts that would actually probably set me over for actually getting a second one. Um, one, if if I had the ability to transfer information, like if I could just like like I do my phone, my iPad, for instance, like I it's a single uh, sign on thing that I'm able to just pop up, you know, one has the same information and then I go to the other device and it's it's all the same games, shares the same uh, uh, save data and all that stuff. And it's easily syncable between the two. That would be awesome. And I think I could almost like see myself keeping my switch uh, regular when at home more and, and taking the light on the go with me more because it is slightly smaller. It's more portable. Um, but also I would have liked to have the controls tilted just a little bit to make it a little more con- uh, comfortable. I think um, with them, them zoomed in or like, it, I just, I just don't like playing on the go that often with, with a lot of games, my hands start cramping and being smaller and in the same orientation, I just don't feel like I would enjoy playing on it for very long. And uh, so I feel like if the controls were just switched a little bit and if it could sync, I, I'd be buying one day one. Um, any, any thoughts about that? Anything that would yeah. like, make you buy it day one as well? Uh, I don't know if it would make me buy it day one, <clears throat> but that is something I would love. And that is something like I wonder how it works with the digital titles if it would transfer over like, oh, I have Smash on my Switch downloaded, but I want to just instantly pick this one up and also play Smash. Would I be able to do that? As a physical collector, that doesn't bother me because I could just take out the card and go, boom, done, in. Mm-hmm. It's the save data. And I know like with the cloud saving, maybe you know you might be able to bounce it back and forth. Uh, however, are you, are you able to have two primary? Because you can have your account on a second Switch, but only one could be the primary. Uh, and it's 
Like, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. Yeah, I'm not sure either because I only have one Switch uh, right now. So I think, I don't know. I think, the, you know, I'm sure other people have, you know, multiple ones and they've, they've tried those, thing, those things out, but I've, I've not been able to actually, you know, do that. And I've not really looked into it until now because I, I just thought, you know, I'm only going to have one Switch and that's, that's no problem. Um, but now, now it's got me thinking, I'm like, mm, if I do get a second one, how is that going to work? And uh, be interesting, interesting to find out. I'm sure so someone in the shop has to get two. <laughs> That's why you want physical, right? But like you said, like the like the save data and stuff, that would be nice to to pull over as well. Um, but uh, I do not like one of the things that when I bought um, my recent like other uh, uh, travel case, like it came with um, a cartridge case, but it also came with I think it's actually right here. Uh, came with a micro SD uh, case <laughs> that goes in there as well. I was like, do people actually switch out their micro SD cards on a regular basis? Is that something that maybe I should be doing more? Because every time I have switched it out to upgrade it, it's actually been kind of a pain in the butt because I had to re-download everything, and I'm wondering like if if people actually do that um because it seems like at least accessory companies are thinking that you know people actually uh, swap out their their micro sd on a regular basis in order to like carry them with you um but i'm wondering if that has to, to play into it as well if you can pop out just like the cartridge if you can pop out your micro sd from one uh switch to the next if that would work too uh, yeah i know some people do it uh, especially for <clears throat> digital they'll download a bunch of games and have it on this one SD card and they just swap out the SD cards. Um, I mean, to me, that's a little harder to do. Uh, I'm a little more scared about that. There's so much, if you lose, if you, you know, swap it out or if, or if you do want up losing the actual card. Um, but some people, that's what they do. I mean, it's whatever works for you, as long as you're having fun. Uh, and that's why there's that case, that little carrier with, uh, with your case that came with it, just because there are people that do that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the chat and see what's going on over here. Uh, Hassan is in the chat. Hey, Hassan. And I uh, said, switch light is interesting. It's exactly what I expected with a cheaper portable focused switch for the holidays to help sell Pokemon and compete, uh, complete with the Pokemon special edition. Uh, but he doesn't think uh, he needs it. So he'll pass. Um, and then what he might end up getting is the Dragon Quest Switch uh, bundle coming to Japan because of an exclusive uh, Joy-Cons. Uh, Hudson is a big Joy-Con fan. He collected, I think, all the Wii remotes. I think he's probably in the process of uh, collecting all the, the Joy-Con colors as well. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and we'll talk about Joy-Cons in just a second because Nintendo just released uh, some more. Um, and let's see. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're talking about the slip case. Um, yeah, so it looks like uh, what you guys are talking about right now in the chat. Continue to throw your, your thoughts uh, there about all the stuff we're talking about. If you guys are planning on getting a Switch Lite, um, and if so, what color? Um, very of, of the four options out there, what's your favorite for the color? Uh, I'm a green guy, so the turquoise is what, what gets me. I know if there was a purple one, my wife would probably want it, even though she just got a Switch for, uh, in November. But... <laughs> So I guess we'll have to see what else they come. Like if, if they do like some kind of like Link's Awakening one, they'll be like, no, like I'll have no choice. But I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think of the of the original of the the original three, um, I'd say the gray is my favorite, which is funny because I've I, I think I watched some other videos and, and listened to some podcasts where like, why did they even make a gray one? Who wants the gray one? I was like, I want the gray one because um, I'm pretty basic in my my color choice. And I, I, I usually don't want my my handheld devices and stuff to stand out like I get a black iPhone, like I get a clear case for my phone. Like I, I usually don't uh, like I get I have an iPad. I got the black iPad with the gray case on it. Like I don't usually stand out all that with my uh, my portable devices and stuff. So um, I'd go for the gray one. But that that Pokemon Special Edition one is is pretty sweet. Um, I I made I may get that one instead. If if I was getting one, I may hold out uh, for for the Pokemon Special Edition one. To be fair, I'm also the same way. I think my iPhone is actually silver, but I have a black case on it so you can't see like when the gamecube came out i got the the uh, black um gamecube uh portables are a little different um like my game boys have all been different colors outside the original which was obviously gray i've always gone for, for colors uh the 3ds though when that launched that launched in two colors i got the black uh you know like if if black is an option and green is not then i'll get black or like gray, like even even the switch when the switch launched, everyone's like red and blue, red and blue, and I'm like the only one with the gray Joy Cons because <laughs> that's what I bought. Right there, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I don't want them red and blue ones. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I do like my red Joy Cons though. Uh, the red ones that I imported are uh, are pretty sweet, and I had that on my my switch for a long time. In fact, I don't really know why I switched back, but I did. Um, but uh, speaking of Joy-Con colors, we we got some new ones on the way, uh, along with a, a Switch uh, refresh, uh, new models coming. So uh, the the small news first, or depending on I guess your perspective, this may not be the the lesser news uh, for Hassan that he's he's so excited. I'm sure because we're going to be getting a uh, two new Joy-Con sets, um, and as far as I know, these are only going to come in the combo sets. Um, it doesn't seem they they didn't seem to allude to uh, buying these single or anything like that. But the first set is uh, kind of a, a dark blue and a neon yellow. I don't know if this is the same neon yellow that has already been out or not, or if it's slightly different. But it is a it's like a dark blue and neon yellow. And then the other set is a neon purple and a neon orange. Um, and like I said, as far as I know, you can only buy those in, in the combo sets. Um, I know Hassan is probably super excited about the dark blue. I am excited about the dark blue. I would probably be buying them if I could buy two of them. But it looks like you only get the left and dark blue and you have to get the yellow and the, and the right Joy-Con. Um, so before we jump into the other model of, of the Switch, uh, Barry, what are, your, what are your thoughts about these, these new colored Joy-Cons? I think it's getting to the point of ridiculousness that they do not release each color with a matching pair. Um, a lot of people like funky two different colors and I get that. There's nothing wrong with that, but a lot of people also like consistency and the same. And I think that like, like I have the neon green joy cons, the Splatoon ones. And the only way I have those two is I had to get the one released here in America and then I had to import the one from Japan that came with the system bundle because uh, I didn't want to buy a whole new Switch. But that also meant now I have a pair of neon pink Joy-Cons that I didn't really want. I, I, you know, I wound up giving them to my wife. But it was like I had to do this. I really had to buy four Joy-Cons to only get two. And I think that uh, we 
we need to have the ability to to do that. And there's there's no option here. So if you want the both orange or you want both purples, you can't. Or or even this new blue, you can't. And uh, yeah. I think I think I think they should do that. Uh, even if it's another country and we have to import it, at least give us the option. When you take away the option, it it just it bothers me. Um, not to the point that I'm angry. I just think it's it's a silly move. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's not like one Joy-Con shell is any different than the other. It's just a color difference. You can easily make a left orange or a right orange or whatever the other one is. Um, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. they're not. Yeah, it does seem odd. And I think it's interesting, too, that I think Hudson confirmed that the, the neon yellow is the yellow we already have. Um, and so, like, why why mix it? If you're going to get new colors, why mix that with one we already have? It would be better if it was with a brand new color or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, if they if they had two uh, dark blues, um, I'd be with right with you, Hudson. I'd be slapping those on my Switch right away. Um, and then uh, we did also get information about a new Switch uh, model that's coming out. But before we jump into that, I, I want to welcome Greg. Hey, Greg. Thanks for joining hey. us. Hey. <laughs> Sorry I've been so late. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, so before we jump in this new model of the Switch, uh, what's your thoughts on the Switch Lite? We get, we finished up our discussion, but we really want to make sure that you uh, kind of get your thoughts in there about the Switch Lite. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is obviously targeted at people like us, even like myself, even though I'm a primarily portable gamer. But I do see like their market is more intention probably for like children because it's like more portable, more compact, and that way it doesn't have to connect to a TV and it's a perfect device you can bring with you wherever you go and travel or whatever and whatnot. So or you could just sit on the couch and play with it there. So then again, I mean that's my opinions of it. I know like the advertisements were showing like more like older people playing it but i really don't see that especially if you already have the current version of it there's no reason to upgrade to it at all but it comes in at a nicer price point for making it more affordable for maybe people that don't want the dock or maybe it is for like a child for like a gift or something for christmas or birthday or whatnot so mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, the price point and that the lower entry option is a really cool thing. I think they're, that's going to be picking up a lot of different extra sales um, heading into the holiday, especially um, people that want a second one or want some for their kids or want some for maybe you just don't you don't jump on the on your TV at all. You don't really actually do that very often. Maybe you don't even have a TV. I think a lot of younger people, um, I was over at a friend's uh, house the other day that had just graduated from college and, uh, and he didn't have a TV in his house and he was okay with that. Um, I could see someone like that um, jumping on this because why spend that extra hundred dollars for, you know, attaching it to a TV when you're not ever going to do that. Um, so that's, that's going to be, I think, cool for, for a lot of those people, Greg, uh, it doesn't sound like you're probably going to get one of these, uh, day one, but if you were of the four different color options, which one would you grab? Probably that turquoise blue one that does seem kind of nice. Like it would be an interesting color to go with, but Nice, nice. So we got two turquoise ones. I'd be the only one with the gray one, and then the Pokemon edition. I think is the one I'd I'd officially land on. But uh, but uh, you're, yeah, you're very, not alone. Very you're the not same alone. thing. You're not alone. Doug, Doug in the chat said that he's getting the uh, the gray one as well. Nice, nice. Well, at least yeah. at least two of us are going by the gray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're also talking to someone that preferred the neon one over the basic gray black model too. So yeah. I didn't just do it for the increased rarity. It was because I actually like the color, like the neon blue and red set. So, 
Nice. Yeah, actually, Barry and I, we were, we were just talking about how we are typically, um, we don't go bright in our, in our color choice for, for stuff like that. Um, but he would, he thought about, you know, going cause he really likes green. Um, seems like you're, you're kind of the other side of things. Um, you'd rather go, go flashy, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm, at least all the handheld like Game Boys have always gone for like other colored options. I never had the original one, but I did have like the Game Boy Color, and it had was like that see-through like purplish one, and then like the Game Boy Advance I had on like a was like that aqua color or whatever it was. Um, the glacier, glacier. Ice. Yeah, glacier. Yep. Yeah, the glacier yep. iced one. Same here. <laughs> yep, I got the glacier one. And then even though I was a launch owner of like the DS, but then when I upgraded, I was, I got like the cobalt uh, light or whatever, but nice. Well, we didn't only just get the, uh, the switch light. Um, we actually got a switch two. no, not quite a switch two, but a, a refresh. Uh, and, uh, we're not exactly sure how they've done it. And our guesses and, and people that are a lot smarter than me, have, I think have, have, figured it out that I think whatever uh, system on a chip that they used uh, for the Switch Lite, I think they're also putting that in the the original Nintendo Switch and have increased the battery life on that one too. So I think it used to be a uh, 2.5 hours to uh, 6.5 hours, so uh, a fairly low battery life, uh, still slightly better than some of their systems in the past, Um, but this new model is actually going to last between 4.5 hours all the way up to 9 hours. Uh, on your switch and so uh, that does compare to the uh, to the switch light which I think also has a very similar uh, battery life uh, if, I, if I remember correctly I think it uh, might be three to seven hours so you might actually get uh, potentially an extra two hours out of this new switch model and um, yeah it does have a little a slightly different uh, model number it's like HAC 001 and then in parentheses it's like in another like minus 01 or a hyphen 01. So it is a completely different serial number or model number. Um, but it seems to be the only difference really is maybe that that system on a chip, the NVIDIA chip has, has changed um, in order to give them a better battery life, which is really awesome. Um, but is it worth uh, going and get a new switch just for better battery life? What do you think, Greg? Unfortunately not. If it's only battery life as it's been stated, then I don't think that's enough reasons to warrant paying another $300 for a switch as much as I would really love that battery life more, especially since I don't really play on the TV and really depend on its battery as much as I can. It still doesn't seem like it's worth it. If it had like a little kick in graphics or would be getting like kind of like that new 3ds situation, then perhaps I would much more consider it. But if it's simply just a battery life improvement, then it's not worth the upgrade. Yeah. I wish I could like send it in and they can put in a new battery for me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Or give it a significant discount, a trade-in sort of thing. Um, Barry, this, this year, uh, the switch pro that you're hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is absolutely hands down. Not the switch pro. This is, uh, this reminds me of when they quietly added a bigger battery for the Wii U gamepad. And then like people found out about it much later on. Like, oh, wait, you mean we could actually use that thing for more than two and a half hours? Um, that's really what it is. I think 
I want to say that was maybe the number one complaint when the uh, Switch launched was the battery life. So they definitely, uh, they're tackling that, which is great to see. I, I'm glad they're not charging anything. I do wish they would offer something to Switch owners, especially, you know, as day oneers who are like, hey, you know what? You've been supporting us. Uh, so we're going to, you know, either trade out and, and upgrade your battery for free, which would be an amazing thing. Um, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. So they might say, hey, send us in your Switch and we'll replace the battery and you'll get it back in a month. Uh, and we'll only charge you 20 bucks, but you're without your Switch for, for a month. Um, in which case I wouldn't bother, but I, I guess, I guess we'll see. But I, as of now, I don't think Nintendo's even doing anything to anybody who's bought a switch. Right. Yeah. It, that's not Nintendo at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. If they did. So, uh, Hudson brings up something in the chat that I, that I was thinking as well. Um, and, and here's the deal. Uh, so wall street journal, we've talked about this several times uh, on previous podcasts, uh, that's, uh, they've reported that we're going to have two new switch models coming in 2019. And, uh, lo and behold, what did we get was two new switch models in 2019. A lot of people have been thinking that was the light and the pro or the mini and the pro. Uh, but what we got was a revision and the light. Um, so is that pro actually going to happen? Barry, you've alert, alluded to it already saying that it is, um, but maybe for 2020. Greg, what do you think? I wouldn't put it past them if it was like 2020 or maybe even 2021, but um, obviously at that point, you're almost better off with the Switch successor at that point because I don't know how much, how long the system will be able to hold solid, especially with the new Xbox and PlayStation around the corner, but I would think that it would be at least until next year because anything else would just cannibalize their <laughs> revision and quite possibly the light, depending on how much they go big with the pro an actual pro edition. That's a good point. I mean, does it, does it make sense still to release a pro in 2020 or does it make sense to release the next edition maybe in 2021? What do you think, Barry? I think it depends on NVIDIA more than anyone. I think they need to make sure they're getting the best bang for their buck. <clears throat> I think the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet are going to be the real uh, determiners of what happens. Uh, now, obviously, the they're coming out in 2020, next year. But the PS4 and the Xbox One aren't instantly going to die. The PS4 is still going to get releases in 2021. The Xbox One is still going to get releases in 2021. And the Switch is going to start getting ports of those games. Developers will be like, all right, we're going to make a PS5 version. We're going to make a PS4 version. But because we made the PS4 version, we can port that version, which is the lesser version, over to the Switch. And this way, the game is going to be on the Switch. Uh, that's how it's worked in the past. That's how, you know, games got developed for the Wii. That's how you know, that system stayed alive as long as it did. That's how the PS2 stayed alive as long as it did. You know, so I think that if it doesn't happen in 2020, which it might not, especially if this is the true pro that we've been debating about, um, then 2021, I would think they would have to. If they don't do a Switch Pro, a successor at that point. I mean, if you think about it, the... 2022 will be the five-year mark for the Switch. And that seems about right for a new system anyways. So if they want to prolong it, they could say, 2021, here's the Switch Pro. 
and then they can move it to 2023, 2024 and be on their own schedule when we get the successor to the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks like uh, Jared is saying that since they don't have anything uh, announced for a pro yet, he can see them showing some form of a pro at 2020 E3, kind of to stay in the new console buzz with PS5 and Scarlet around the corner. Uh, Hassan saying that a Switch Pro next year could be over- overshadowed, again, like you guys have said, um, by Scarlet and PS5, or it could help the Switch with multi-platform titles, though. So he could see it uh, going either way, and, and Jared follows up with the that he would have loved to see an upgrade to the tegra x2 um, and then kind of an upgrade to the dock and kind of a big revision at some point in the future um, similar to an external gpu or something you can add to the console um greg you were about to say something no it was pretty much just agreeing with what barry was saying was timeline so yeah yeah, I think it's going to be interesting uh, as well. And I think you know we talked about before how we would have preferred, I think, the, the pro to come first. I think it, that was kind of a common consensus around us because um, it would have made sense. Um, seems like the light does push that off a little bit more. Um, but maybe it's okay. I, maybe their Nintendo is in still a really good place and they're going to make a lot more money off this light and this new revision uh, for, for 2019 and probably into 2020. And, and they feel like they can maybe bide their time a little more and maybe put off that pro or the next uh version of the switch um next console as a whole uh maybe a little longer and 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 actually use this extra time that uh that the revision and the light creates maybe yeah i'm kind of interested to see how well this is actually going to sell i mean if they stop selling the original then it's obviously going to sell pretty good but comparing like just the original and the light i'm kind of curious to see how well this revision is going to do yeah so we'll see. We'll see for sure. Um, all right. So I know there's there's been a game that uh, that Greg has been so so excited to talk about uh, for a while. And I know you guys chatted a little bit about it last time, but but Barry was left out. It was so sad, and and I was not here on the last podcast, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it. So I felt like before we we jump into uh, there's there's several other news stories that we're going to hit pretty quick um, near the end of our podcast before we jump into those uh, the giveaways and stuff that we uh, have. Oh. Uh, oh I let a little more information about, yeah, there are going to be some giveaways. Um, but uh, yeah, before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about our thoughts and, and our experience with Super Mario Maker 2. So it's been out for what, almost like two months? No, not, not two months, maybe a month, month and a half, month or something like that. I, right think now. I think it's not even a month, actually. Not even a month? Like, was it like June 28th, I think it came out? Mm, okay, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I just feel like I feel like it's been out longer. We've been talking about it for so long that I feel like it's been out longer. Uh, but yeah, not even a month old yet, Super Mario Maker 2. And, and Greg, I know you've been you've probably spent more time than than all three of us, uh, or than, than Barry and I. Um, we are now combined to three people, if you didn't catch that. Um, but uh, you've spent more time uh, among the three of us with it. Uh, let's let you go first. What's your, what's your thoughts about Super Super Mario Maker 2. I've come to really like this one a lot. Um, the new features and tool sets are definitely very much appreciated and definitely creates a lot more um, unique aspects to it. There's obviously a couple um, downsides to it. They took away like the ability to stack pipes that you could do in the original, which created not only a puzzle element, but also kind of a way to restrict players from going back in like a pipe if you didn't want them to like go back into the subworld like right at that same point so there were some techniques with that and also it helps 
even from a design perspective, it kind of cleaned up the thing now that pipes could actually touch and whatnot. And you didn't have any like em empty space kind of around the pipes. So yeah, there's that one major critique. Um, the story mode was definitely very cool. I'm really glad they added that. I had a lot of fun. I did all the jobs and got that full hundred percent completion with Mario. So that was really cool to see. I did dabble a little bit with the online multiplayer and I didn't quite like it as much as I thought I would. Um, I think it might've been more around the courses that were played. The main thing I had with that was the courses with clear conditions. Cause it seems like you have some people that just race ahead, try to get to the end. And then you have other people that are actually com completing those clear conditions for you. Um, so that <clears throat> seemed to be a major problem with, the online aspect of it. I don't know if the courses weren't thoroughly designed or maybe they just were included in multiplayer for some unknown reason, or maybe it was just a chance that it was picked or whatnot. So that part could definitely be improved with like a free update or something mm -hmm. like that. So, all right. I think I talked for a little bit about it. I'm sure I can join in on more <laughs> your guys' thoughts, but um, yeah, definitely. It's a lot of fun. I've created a couple levels and I have a few more in progress and can't wait to get those uploaded as well. I've had a lot of fun playing Barry's and Blake's courses along with Jakesters. And then there's some other people that I follow. I've been playing their courses as well. So yeah, cool. Definitely very cool stuff out there. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I have not uh, created anything at all. Um, I've like looked at the, the the creator and everything, but I've not created anything at all. I've been busy playing other people's levels and, and stuff like that, and and playing through the the story mode. That was uh, was actually the thing I did first. Um, it was cool to have a story mode in there, and I, I just played through it. I haven't completed everything. Um, I rebuilt the castle and, and and did that and did some extra stuff uh, here and there, but uh, but I have not like completely hundred percented uh, everything yet. Um, I, my my first goal of course was just to get the castle be rebuilt and uh and go through that and then i started playing some of the top courses and kind of worked my way down there and played some other others that uh that people put online and everything um haven't made my way through uh, through all the ones that you guys have uh posted in the discord and everything yet but um just another call out to you guys that are that are listening and watching live and everything if you've been creating super mario maker uh two courses make sure you do uh connect with us on social media and throw them in our discord um make sure you get those to us uh we're gonna start i'm gonna i'm gonna try to see if i can start uh doing some kind of a series or something on our on our youtube channel of your levels be playing through your levels and we'll try to see if we can get some other people uh doing that as well so we want to kind of feature um our, our community there as well. I know Greg did some, uh, some really cool stuff around super Mario maker one. So, um, yeah. and I, I'm sure you probably got some ideas around what we can do for super Mario maker two in addition, but I, I figured at yeah. the very least I, I can't create anything, but I can play the levels and uh, I'll, I'll be able to throw those on our YouTube. Yeah. I know it's on Facebook. Somebody commented on your post. I don't know if you had played through his course or not. Um, a shout, yeah, out to, shout out to Darren. Who's, I kind of brought him from the Super Mario Maker group, so I didn't know if you like threw one of his Kaizo levels that you should see how well you played <laughs> on Twitch, but I haven't looked at that level specifically that he put in there. Yeah, there's there's been a couple that I was like, ooh, those are those are rough. Um, and uh, I, I did stream my first like couple hours with the game, and uh, there were a couple levels that I played. Then I was like, oh, those are those are. 
that were testing my patience, I'll just say. Um, if I wasn't live, uh, a controller may have almost gotten thrown at, at a couple times, but I tried to keep it under control. And since I was live, I didn't want to, you know, blow up on camera. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Barry, what, what's your what's your experience? I know you, you just kind of got into it here recently after you spent a lot of time with, with Final Fantasy and everything. But uh, what's your experience with Super Mario Maker 2 been so far? I've just been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I love the story. I love the fact that they had that story. Um, I, I I have no problem with the creation tools. In fact, I kind of felt I was going to have a problem doing it with the controller versus the touchscreen of the like Super Mario Maker 1. And uh, it works pretty well. I was mm. surprised I was able to do things with just the controller. Although I do have the stylus. You know, I had to import it from Europe, <laughs> Nintendo, but I, I do have the stylus. Is, is um, it, I, we, the world has to know, is it worth importing the stylus? Yeah, it works really well. <laughs> it, it, it's great. <laughs> I just bought like a $5 one on Amazon. It works perfect, 100%. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Nintendo, Nintendo lost America. My, my copy here in America. So like Nintendo so America. I was about to wait like a month for it to come from Europe. That's for sure. It it is it, uh, stupid. It's a whole new cop topic. I don't want to get on it. But no, um, I like the creation tools. I like some of the things you can do. Like and and I, I Greg, I've gone through a lot of the popular courses and and played some of the top courses. And there's some really creative people out there, you know. And I'm sure I could create something like that if I sat there and I just had the time mm-hmm. to <laughs> delve into it. But we and, all know. But I don't have no time. <laughs> um, just got to stop playing Xenoblade. You have plenty of time. Stop I haven't played Xenoblade in a while. Do, <laughs> I haven't played Xenoblade in a while since uh, since I finished Torna and I went back to do the DLC. Uh, I'm still waiting on Gre- uh, you to you play Greg and, and Steve to finish. But uh, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely enjoy it. I'm going to say as much as Super Mario Maker 1. Uh, I think the single-player stuff is better, but the novelty isn't there anymore because the, the first one was just so novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is, in my opinion, a must-have Switch game. Absolutely. It is fantastic, especially with infinite courses. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting December. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think what you said about the novelty is is a bit my my biggest uh, not complaint, but just uh, thought about it because you know it, you know it has nothing to do with the game itself. It's a, it's a great game. Um, there's there's some some downsides that I think Greg hit a little bit of them. Some of the things they took away from Mario Maker One and left it out of this one kind of seems like some odd choices here and there. Um, but overall, I like it. I I could just as much if not better than the original but yeah the novelty is worn off so i find myself not playing it as much up front but i do know i think the the great uh thing about this game is it's it's got a huge uh, life ahead of it because there's always more and more levels that you can play. There's always going to be more and more creators that are going to be out there um, making more difficult levels, more challenging levels, more creative levels that you can always pick it up and have a brand new Mario level to play. And I think that's what's going to help the, the replay value long term. You know, it's going to be one of those games that I may not play that much right now because Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is out. I'm going to put a little more time into that. Um, but it's a game you know, kind of like Rocket League for me that I'll be able to go back, you know, uh, months down the line and go, oh, yeah, I, I want to play some Mario and, and fire that up and play a few levels and then uh, put it down and go on to something else and then come back and have like 5000 levels the next time I boot it up um, that I've never played before. So, um, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think that's my kind of my overall thoughts. Um, looks like Jared uh, is also saying that he's really enjoying um, Mario Maker Two, but like Greg said, uh, he he misses some of the things that they left out from the original, especially the funny mushroom, <laughs> which uh, it just uh, it kind of seemed like it's it's odd that they've they've done some some different things like that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the the different uh, the the um, 3D world. Um, uh, I got what level stage design, things like that. Um, was that a good addition so far? Have you enjoyed that? Or do you find yourself more enjoying uh, the original four that were kind of there? Um, what do you think so far, Greg? I've still been more enjoying the original ones. I haven't um, really played too many of the 3d world courses, but obviously the ones that were some in story mode and some miscellaneous ones that I have played, but I still find myself enjoying a lot more like the classic like mario world mario 3 and mario 1 style levels i never really even cared for the new super mario brothers u style as much either because i don't know i just <laughs> i don't know i didn't really like the quite look of it i really looked at nostalgic retro feel to mm-hmm. the first three so yeah yeah yeah, I, I found it. It's it's. I forgot how much different the game mechanics are. So it's it's odd sometimes when you're playing level to level to level to, to switch into the 3D world mechanics a little bit, especially for wall crawling and things like that with the cat mechanics. Um, yeah, and like yeah. the long jump added in, and it's like <laughs> not yeah, it's weird how that. they change that. Like to be able to just do it with a push of a button instead of the combination of buttons. Well, I was always using the combination. <laughs> it was working fine. Yeah, it works just fine, but it's it's weird to actually just have it as as one of the the shoulder buttons, and you don't have to worry about the combination. So, uh, Barry, what do you think about three D World being added in? I love it. I I think the more the merrier. I'm hoping Mario Two gets in. I'm hoping Mario Land Two gets in. Um, even Mario Land One. Um, but yeah, I think it's. It has enough new elements, new enemies, and and new controls, like you said, like the long jump, uh, that changed the gameplay enough to make it feel different. And and some of the stuff is just it's just again it's just more tools to work with. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucks is if you decide to switch styles, you lose your entire level. So you have to go from the ground up, building 3D world. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense. So we talked about that when they made that announcement. Um, It's unfortunate. It totally makes sense um, because the games are are so different in that way, but it would have been nice to be able to have, uh, to be able to switch between all five of them and any, any of the ones that come in the future. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it does make sense, I guess, why they made that choice. But um, it is interesting too, that they, they've left out with all these new additions, they've left out some, some things that, uh, that seem odd. I know uh, Game Explain, um, uh, Andre was trying to recreate uh, the, the missing level that was on the back of the Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, box, and he kind of recreated that. But uh, come to find out, you can't uh, use that level and you can't make green grass. Like that doesn't exist in, in Super Mario Maker 2, which was odd i guess like um i mean it, if that's all that was you know there to to be able to recreate that level that doesn't make sense but it does seem uh, kind of interesting that they've left out certain aspects uh like that do you think uh with future updates you know we think that there's any future updates we think that they're probably going to add in additional uh stage design um you know worlds and stuff that you can create in possibly super mario brothers 2 uh kind of world and things like that do you think that uh those updates are going to be coming soon uh what do you what do you think about uh any of the updates greg 
usually have, if memory serves from the first one, I think there was about like a few months out before like the first initial update came. And then there was like another six or nine months after that before like the last like real major update had come with like additional features. So mm. I, I would like to think that we might have like news of new features, like, and then maybe announce like the next Nintendo direct or something like that, possibly for that even releasing soon after, but I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be handling this one compared to the previous one. Yeah. Very, if they, when they do start, you know, I think we, we all agree there's going to be updates when they do start releasing them. What are you hoping to see? Um, I absolutely want to see, like I said, uh, Super Mario 2 USA. I want to see Mario Land and Mario Land 2 um, for sure. I would even like to see maybe like a Wario Land style added in. Um, I think the sky's the limit really on it. Uh, they could do 3D Land. Uh, and make it like 3D World, but have elements like the Tanuki suit and stuff like that. Um, there's just a ton of things they could do. Uh, I do think the earliest we would see it will be Holiday. I think they'd be like, hey, guess what? You know, get a Switch as Holiday with Super Mario Maker 2. Oh, and there's a brand new update where you can do now do five styles or six styles instead of the, the five. Um, if we don't see it there, then probably, uh, you know, maybe spring. Uh, when, when, when there's a lull, they'll use DLC to, in, in place sometimes of a brand new game. Uh, we saw it definitely with the Wii U. Um, they did it a lot where it was like, oh, there's nothing coming up, but oh, Mario Kart 8 has DLC this month or Hyrule Warriors has DLC this month or something like that. Um, so I think it really will determine based on their release schedule if, if it's not this holiday to start with. Yeah, that makes so do you sense. think it'll be like a paid DLC, or do you really think like the new styles would be like a free? <laughs> that, I don't know. This is Nintendo. They've done plenty of great free DLC, like Arms and Splatoon, for example, uh, and even Smash. Uh, but then they've also done plenty of great DLC, like Mario Kart, Hyrule Warriors, you know, Smash as well. Um, so I, I can't say either way at this point. Yeah, what do yeah, you I think? think it's I was thinking it just more depends on the scope. If they're going like to legitimately add another style, I think they would. They could certainly make it like a pack for whatever. I don't know, like seven ninety nine or something like that. And but I'm sure like, you would buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> most likely, yeah. Um, if it's just going to be like a couple items, I'm sure that would be like a free update, kind of like mm. the key update was to the first game with mm. like those red coins and like the bumpers and stuff. Hmm. I mean, even Captain Toad had paid DLC, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I think it just really depends on the scope of what they're adding. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't, I can't see them making like ten new tools and saying like, oh, now it's pay is like five bucks for them. I mean, that doesn't make sense. But if they're like adding like an actual style or maybe some course themes, I would think they could easily slap on like a whatever, like a five or seven dollar price tag and say like, here you can have a few more things to play around with that way. Yeah, it definitely seems. I, I feel like the, the themes would definitely cost money. I think um, new tools probably wouldn't, but I think if, if they do go that route, um, it seems that that makes the most sense to me. That, that themes would cost money, and I could see like everything that you talked about um, there, Barry. I'd, I'd love to see all those different themes come in. I'd love to see the the things from the the old one that they've left out. Maybe make some tweaks there um, to kind of have the best of both worlds. Um, some of the stuff you talked about earlier, Greg. Uh, what else would would make this game better, Greg? What, what do you hope to see in an update that you hope they they bring out? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it's really easy to say, like, oh, some bring in some like missing Mario elements, like the Koopalings and stuff like that. But I mean, you you already have like Boom Boom and Bowser Jr. It's like, do we really need that kind of stuff? I mean, sure, it can fit in easily. I mean, um, I know one thing they really want is to have like a full game connectivity kind of thing, so you can create like a full game of whatever thirty two courses, eight mm. eight worlds, four levels per world or whatever and then being able to like upload that as one continuous experience online or something like that that's a very highly anticipated thing that i've seen that i think would be really make gangbusters if they were able to implement something like that yeah that'd be awesome i want you to be able to take power-ups and give them to enemies so you could take the the um Cat Mario and make Cat Goomba. You just want and to my Cat wife Goomba. Be that's very happy. Wife, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I want to see Nintendo make it happen. Cat Goomba. That's all. That's all. It, that's all it takes to, to to make Barry's household happy. Add <laughs> the cat suit to Mario One, right? <laughs> oh no, it doesn't have to be Mario One. Just some uh, 3D World. That'd be awesome just, if you had Mario One. <laughs> Uh, Jared says that he doesn't think they uh, doesn't know if they charge or not uh, because uh, a large portion is playing with other people's levels, which may negate the the need to buy DLC if you can just play other levels, which is true. Although there are a lot of people that are just loving creating levels, and I think maybe uh, that's that's the deal. If you just love playing other levels, maybe you get to benefit uh, just by playing other people's levels, um, but you have to actually pay to be able to use those creator things. Um, maybe that's the DLC, but it's interesting like what kind of issues that would cause because you can also download other people's levels and, and edit them. And so how would that play out if you didn't have the DLC? And so maybe that's the incentive as well. If you're, if you're all out playing, maybe that's no big deal. But if you are at the least bit uh, of a creator or a tweaker of other people's levels, you're going to need to pay to, uh, to make that, uh, to, to get that purchase. I've heard like, even if you like download and tweak, it still will not ever let you upload it. So like, I don't know if you're, I don't, I don't think there's a way to like go around it, like save it as like a new course or anything. I still think it retains that downloaded aspect of it. Cause I've heard even if the creator deletes their course from the course world, then it will remove your downloaded copy automatically. Hmm. Interesting. So I've heard some people trying to do like some collaboration of like um, designing and like, feedback and stuff and then as soon as you take it off of the server then it deletes any local copies created <laughs> mm, that's interesting maybe that that could be a, a new cool thing if they did were able to add in some sort of collab uh thing online i'd love that it's a two, you can edit two player like on the same system but uh maybe there's some way to collaborate on uh creating levels online that would uh i think make a lot of people happy as well all right. Well, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more uh, of our, our coverage and our thoughts about uh, Super Mario Maker 2 as new updates come along. As we play your levels again, uh, throw your, your levels down in the comments, th- uh, give them to us on social media, our Discord server. Uh, we'd love to play those. And uh, at the, in the future, we'll be able to feature some of them as well. Uh, before we, we wrap up, there's a lot of uh, smaller stories, uh, quicker stories. We want to hit kind of uh, speed round, if you will. Um, so a couple quick things um i'll just toss to you guys and see if you guys have any thoughts uh, about these things but uh one thing um that we found out just uh just a couple weeks ago um again right after the last podcast that uh nes online is going to feature uh and now does it's live a uh, rewind feature 
on uh, all the NES games. So if you mess up, you don't have to have a save uh, or your a save point anymore. Um, you can actually just uh, hit the, the L and R buttons, I believe, and uh, and pick a point um, at some point in the future or the past, and uh, just gonna replay that section. So if you made a stupid decision, um, just accidentally died. Um, oh, just it's okay. Just go back in time and, and pick up from that point and, and try it again. Um, you guys have any thoughts uh, about this uh, rewind feature, Barry? Um, I think it's great. I think, uh, especially on, on some of the harder NES games, it would have made my childhood a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But I just wish instead of this feature, they, I don't know, added support for more systems, Nintendo. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. This month so has true. been super weak. <laughs> so true. Greg, what do you think of the rewind feature? I think it's great. I mean, I did play around with it a little bit, even on like the Mega Man collection. Just, I mean, I've beaten those games like, dozens of times already so it's like if i just made a stupid pointless uh error then i would just whatever rewind it a couple seconds but okay i can do it again like it's makes it a lot more seamless and as barry said it's really great on some of those harder games where it's really easy to mess up like one mistake and really down spiral like completely out so yeah yeah nice to have. Sure. i don't i don't know how much often i'll use it but at least on the games already there but it's nice, nice it's there yeah, yeah, for sure. Jakester uh, says that he would have uh, loved having it on Zelda 1. Uh, I personally would love having it on Zelda 2, because um, <laughs> that's the more difficult game, for sure. Um, in fact, I don't believe I've ever beat that game without the help of a Game Genie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's too difficult for me. Um, and uh, Jared says it's a cool add-on. He just kind of feels like it makes the old games too easy, which I'd agree as well. It's kind of like uh, that that way of uh, the, the, the easy mode um, that they're adding in a lot of games nowadays although it doesn't play the game for you you still have to beat each part um it does help though when those those silly mistakes they're like oh i just timed that jump wrong i had it i did i played it like 20 times before i just hit that one wrong now you can just kind of backtrack and and hit that so yeah i mean it's something simple if you just make a careless error and like mario and you like lose a power up that you really wanted to keep and you're able to just go okay I, let's go back a couple seconds and then you can still repractice it until you get it right so yeah. That part is kind of nice and convenient if you want it, or you literally don't have to use it if you don't want to. So Yeah. I feel like uh, games like Mega Man um, would really benefit from this, the, especially those ones that just have to be precise timing the whole time, and you can kind of replay, replay some of those and, and, and practice uh, exactly where you need to jump, for instance, of so the moving blocks and the disappearing blocks and things like that. Although I have to admit, like at least it was fun in Mega Man. There was like a boss where I had like one hit that I before I could die, and then I like kept rewinding it until I beat him without dying. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they let you do it now. No. Uh, all it right. took a lot uh, more time. I would have just stacked the life and just started the battle over. That's true. Uh, we also have uh, Dr. Mario World finally came out on iOS and Android. And, uh, yeah, have you guys got a chance to, to play around with Dr. Mario World yet, Greg? Yeah, I'm currently the leader between the three of us. You guys have been. You guys haven't like played it in like a week. I I have played it. There's there's some levels really really right around where I am now. Like level sixty right now is giving me a is being a pain in my side right now because um, like I get so close to being able to beat it and I haven't spent any money or anything like that. But, but yeah, level sixty right now is my uh, my current uh, thorn in my flesh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that one was a little bit harder. I have to get. I do have to give you that, but I'm already approaching 90. So, like, <laughs> I'm like steamrolling ahead of you guys. Yeah, I'm very yeah. stuck down all the way in the 40s. He too busy playing Dragalia Lost. <laughs> <laughs> and Final Fantasy. That's true. So. 
Yeah. Barry, <clears throat> what's your thoughts so far about uh, Dr. Mario World? I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. It's better than I thought it was going to be, but it's not like it's, it's had a, a ridiculous amount of downloads really early, but I don't think it's going to have a ridiculous amount of profits in the end. Um, I think, I think it's too, I don't think it's a, like a grabber game. Like it's one, and what I mean by that is like something that makes you say like, Oh, you know what? I absolutely need to spend money on this. You could play that game super casually and, and puzzle games are absolutely perfect for casual and, and not really spend money. Even if you, even if you decide to do the hearts, like you, you spend five hearts, you have to wait two and a half hours. Like you're only going to pick it up, play a little bit and then put it down two and a half hours, go back to work. Oh, look, I could take a break from work now because now I could play five levels again, put it down. And a lot of the levels give you hearts right back. So it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep getting hearts here. Like whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just something that like I put it towards the middle of Nintendo's online offering or mobile offerings. Um, it definitely is not anything close to Dragalia. And it's, and if you look at the chart, like it has like in this first, uh, like week or whatever, like he blew past Dragalia, uh, in terms of downloads, but, but Dragalia still had more money spent, uh, and definitely more money spent per, uh, download. So mm-hmm. it's one of those where it's, it's great recognition, Dr. Mario, uh, it might help lead to switch game sales, which I think is what they want it to do like a Dr. Mario switch. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a huge moneymaker. Yeah, I've actually I, I, I mentioned this, I think, when we found out um, this, the structure of, of how they're going to make that um, with the hearts and everything. And it, it's actually done exactly the way I thought it would. Um, when I'm making progress, it gives me a heart for winning um, and I move on to the next level. Um, and when I get stuck, I end up spending all five hearts and I need to take a break. And that's OK, because that's probably about the same time I need a break. Um, it's like when I you know, get stuck in a Zelda uh, thing, and I'm trying to figure out this, the puzzle. And sometimes you just need to take a break. You take go get a drink and you're walk away, clean your clear your mind out and then come back later. And all of a sudden you, you, you're, you beat it in like five seconds. Um, so that's it, it's a good pacing for me. Um, so I, I guess I thank you, Dr. Mario World, for pacing me well. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to say I've never I've only hit like zero hearts like once. Like I have I have to like legitimately like be like I really need to stop and I still have like five hearts because <laughs> like, I keep clearing the level like and getting a new heart. So nice. Well most, most times on the first try and then some of us aren't as cool as, as Greg. Uh, <laughs> some of us struggle with them. Uh, <laughs> one piece of recommended advice is to do try out the multiplayer mode that kind of gets mm. you a lot more used to playing more high speed and getting more used to being able to just drag the pieces like everywhere and like move very quickly. It's very good advice to be able to, um, very good experience to have and gets you more familiar with this. A lot of the story mode levels. Yeah. Who, uh, who's your doctor before we move on? I got to figure out who you're, I, I chose Mario cause you know, classic, I guess I gotta go with Mario. Uh, Greg, who'd you pick? Uh, I also go classic and pick Mario, but right now I'm using Yoshi. So, all right. All right. Barry, who'd you go for? I went for Bowser and though I kind of wish I went for Mario because I pulled two Mario's out of my pool for my hiring thing. So I would have had him at level three instead of level two. Uh, but yeah, I'm using Bowser right now. Too bad. Too bad. 
Yeah, it seems like uh, kind of mixed uh, answer, uh, you know, thoughts in the, in the chat. Some people are liking it. Some people, they tried it. Some went back to Pokemon Go. Others are made it made them go to, to play different games. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's Dr. Mario. Um, it's never been yeah. the that top selling, you know, like everybody has to have game, but it's also never at the bottom of the barrel either. It's uh, it's that mid-level game. It uh, comes down to if you like puzzle games, really. If you don't mm-hmm. really like puzzle games, it's not for you. <laughs> I fully acknowledge that. I'm yeah. really into puzzle games, so it's right up my alley, and that's why I'm so far already where I'm at. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like this version of Dr. Mario though better because I never got into the traditional Dr. Mario. This uh, is a little slower paced and I can actually, I mean, there's levels that are timed, but, uh, but the majority of the levels are are not. And so that I, I feel like I get into that a lot more. Um, it's more my, my style of, of puzzle for sure. For me, I think in terms of Nintendo's free offerings of puzzle games, uh, Pokemon Shuffle, was a world mm. better like that game i would wake up at like three in the morning just to spend my hearts quickly uh and then go back to bed it was there was like it was so good catching pokemon and doing things like the uh the safari where you had random pokemon up here and like, there was just so much to it to the point that i actually did get burned out after like a year and a half of playing it every day on my 3ds and i was like okay I'm done. Like at this point, I had to put the game down. Dr. Mario has come nowhere near hooking me like that game did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go move on to the next story. Uh, again, quick, quickly hitting these things. Um, Greg, you probably know a lot more about this because, uh, because you're a huge Fire Emblem fan. Um, and, and again, I want to say before we, before we jump into this discussion, uh, a quick discussion about this news um, that we, we try to stay away from political stuff when all the, you know, um, the things that could be attached to this. And I know um, this type of a, of a news story can um, kind of raise some different thoughts and opinions uh, from people from different backgrounds and, and, and things like that. So we're going to, we're going to try to stray away from, uh, from that sort of thing. And even, you know, telling, you know, where we stand on any of that sort of thing. But, uh, but it is, I think worth acknowledging because um, it's, it's not the first game to do this, um, but I believe possibly one of the first Nintendo games to to kind of acknowledge this. Um, uh, Greg, what's what's going on with Fire Emblem's Three Houses? So I guess Nintendo's uh, was asked like in like an interview. I think I don't remember the source exactly, so I apologize. But um, basically, it was like brought up the subject of like uh, same sex marriages and stuff like that. So they did acknowledge that you'll there's a a wider variety of options this time around. This is like the pretty much the first Fire Emblem game to really delve this deep. I think in Fates, it was limited to like one or two characters and that was it. And it was very, very like minor, but this time they're really opening the doors to have multiple characters to please a lot more people in the audience. So from that regard, it's fantastic that you have that option if you want to do so. Obviously you probably don't have to, I don't think so. It's just great to have that option there for the fans that do appreciate that kind of feature. So, yeah, yeah, it's de- like I said, it's definitely not something brand new. Uh, many other games have done this before, um, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, Greg, um, we have a lot of different uh, different options for for people that do want to go in, in that route within the game. Um, and I, I personally just think it's a it's a great thing that they they're not forcing it upon you, so you have uh, you have options within the game. Um, but uh, Barry, what do, you, what do you think about uh, this move? It's a, in my opinion, it's a great thing too. Uh, I think that. Uh, 
anytime any developer gives you choices in a video game, regardless of what they are, it's a good thing. Um, the more choices just means more replay, means more customizable, which means more personal, a more personal journey. Uh, and and the biggest the biggest example that comes to mind immediately is the Mass Effect series, um, which was all about choices, and it made sure that like, your playthrough was completely different, or or different enough for, to somebody else's that you felt that attachment. And I think when you play a role playing game, you should feel the attachment because you are playing the role, and you should feel like there there are plenty of characters. Uh, and Fire Emblem has this too with like Robin, where where the character is a player avatar. A Link is actually a perfect example of that too. Uh, that's the very reason he doesn't talk. He's supposed to be the player avatar for for putting inserting yourself into the world of Hyrule. And I think uh, I think anytime you get the the freedom to do whatever it is you want, or, or it, it just adds an immersion. Uh, and another one, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the reason that game like took off is because you can pretty much do anything. Uh, there were, you know, the invisible walls, or oh, you can't do that. You go right through that NPC. What? No, you can punch them out. Whoa, that's unheard of. Um, and I think that's why that series took off because of freedom. People like freedom. People like to be able to do things. People don't like restrictions uh, in real life and in games. So. You know, I applaud him. I think absolutely. I, I, in fact, I don't even think this should be a news story. I, you know, developer gives you choices in a game that should not be a, a story. That should just be what you should have. The story mm. should be developer restricts what you mm. can do. You can only go to the right and push A to jump, and that's all you can <laughs> do. Okay, we got a problem here. But open world game, you could go anywhere. Like you know, Breath of the Wild, like that's great that's what made breath of the wild so great is you had the choices you can go left you can go right you can go up you can go down you can go wherever you want and and i think that creates a better adventure right. <laughs> moving on to uh another quick news story um apparently there's a law firm that's investigating uh uh, the Joy-Con drifting issue, um, I guess uh, a, a company called CSK&D is investigating a potential class action uh, lawsuit about the Nintendo uh, Switch Joy-Cons and uh, the drifting issue. I have personally not had this issue at all. I don't know if either of you guys have had this issue at all. And uh, if you have, haven't either way, uh, any, any thoughts about this? Is this uh, pointless? Why would they do this? Or uh, are you like all for it and uh, glad to see this this happen. What do you think, Barry? I think I don't think this is as widespread of an issue as people are making it seem. Um, it never happened to me. Um, it never happened to anyone I know. Um, but I'll take my fifty cent check in the mail for having the launch <laughs> system if it comes through um, for sure. Um, whatever. Um, Nintendo did put out a statement and like, oh, you know, like we we cherish our, our people we want everyone to have entertainment and you know if you have had problems please contact us so they acknowledge that that there are issues and yet there are definitely issues but it's it's a lot smaller um the as i say the squeaky wheel gets the oil um the the people that are vocal that are having these problems are the minority the majority like us just stay silent on it like my switch is working i don't need to broadcast to the world hey guess what guys my switch is working i just play my switch and move on with my life you just have no idea um so i mean it is what it is if they find that there are enough affected 
um, units that they could actually do a class action lawsuit. Um, then it'll happen and Nintendo will most likely sweep it away. Like here's them some money shut up. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. We fixed that issue. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's a class action suit. You never get a whole lot, maybe 50 cents in the end. Um, I'd personally like them to uh, take action. Finally, a uh, real action about these cracks on my switch is what I'd rather uh, have them take action on. And and I want them to fix it for free. I don't want some 50 cents for a class action lawsuit um, drifting or crack or whatever. I want them to just fix my switch. Um, but uh, Greg, any, any thoughts about this before we move on? Um, yeah, my Joy-Con is experiencing that. So it was, mm. I had noticed that when we were playing Paw Patrol that like I was just not even touching it. And then it was like just started like moving to the right automatically. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I didn't even understand that it was going on. Um, this is not like every time I play a game, it seems like it's very, very intermittent right now. But I definitely have seen it a little bit, even a tad in Mario Maker where it like kind of cost me like a life or whatever at one point because it's you want to be stopped and then it's like oh nope i'm gonna move to the right and like there's not always ground there so yeah yeah i don't know if i'll sign up for it or whatever but i definitely is not making an enjoyable experience playing some games and you get your like, 50 cents greg <laughs> Yeah, rather than your Joy-Con, but yeah, right, exactly. I'd rather just, like I said, I haven't fixed the issue. Not, not actually a, a class action lawsuit doesn't do a whole lot. I have to send like, you a glove. That's what they will do. <laughs> to fix yeah, so it was like Steve got the first issue with the cracks, and I got the second issue with the Joy-Con. So Barry, you got to watch your uh, words or <laughs> the next <laughs> big issue coming through. Right, right. I play mainly with Pro Controller. Because like I said, I play mainly docked. It's true. Well, yeah, with the next problem, probably right. <laughs> although, yeah, although I don't I know. Maybe my maybe our 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 Joy Cons do drift. We just don't use them that often. I did, I did use my Joy Cons with uh, Starlink because you had to to use the physical toys, and I had no problem there. There you go. Uh, moving on, uh, we have uh, two game release announcements. Uh, one that we knew was coming in the fall, and uh, and and this particular one, we kind of guessed at what the uh, release date was would be, and I think we pretty much hit it right on the head. And the other one kind of came out of left field. So um, two completely games, uh, completely different games. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. I got a a note uh in the mail uh in my email about uh, my my pre-order uh was updated with an actual launch date which got me going Ooh, okay i wonder if this is real and it's uh definitely the case so we just mansion uh three is going to be coming on october 31st of this year so right there for halloween which totally makes sense uh with the the style of game it is and for those of you that are super monkey ball fans uh it is coming back um but uh it's banana blitz is the version that they decided to remake. Um, so yeah, but in a blitz of all the games, that's the one they chose to do a, an HD remake. Uh, and that's going to be hitting the switch and as well as one of the other systems on October 29th. Uh, so a couple of days before Luigi's mansion, uh, any thoughts on either of these games, Greg? Well, definitely excited for Luigi's mansion. I never really got into super monkey ball, but maybe if they were, to release a demo maybe i might give it some consideration but never played the series but yeah it's pretty much as quick and easy for me all right barry um luigi's mansion 3 uh, duh like no brainer uh i was so happy to see monkey ball coming back 
because while while many people were playing Smash uh, Melee on their GameCubes, uh, and my friends and I included, um, we played Monkey Ball more. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a better party game. And yes, those are fighting words, and I will take it. Monkey Target is the best, <laughs> the best party so game you can have. Um, it is awesome. And then when I found out it's Banana Blitz, which to me was like the worst one outside of the second Wii. I think it was Step and Roll, which was the second one mm-hmm. on the Wii. Yes. Oh, um, that, was- that was the worst along with Adventure. And then Banana Blitz is there. And like I even enjoyed Super Monkey Ball 3D, which launched on the 3DS. Uh, I played through that. Not that there was much to play on the 3DS at launch, but I did play through that, and I, I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, Banana Blitz is, is my opinion, like one of the worst. And you know why one of the worst? is because the Wii, like I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. You could tilt with the Wiimote. And that works terribly. So maybe maybe Banana Blitz is actually a great game, and it was all the control. So I do look forward to giving it a second try using the Switch, um, and hopefully it's better. But I would have been so much happier if they just did a Monkey Ball 1 and 2 combo re-release mm. uh, and then a Super Monkey Ball 3 announcement. Like, that would make me so happy. And, and Greg, you say you've never played Monkey Ball. Mm. Like, you you owe it to yourself to find a copy of Super Monkey Ball 1 for the GameCube. They're dirt cheap. And just, you don't even have to play the main game. When the main game is amazing. Like, I did 1 and 2. I did the master levels on that. Like, in those master levels, we'll make the hardest Mario Maker level look like Cakewalk. <laughs> but play monkey target that's all you have to do is play monkey target it is addicting it is fun it is amazing it is life yeah uh jakester's asking what we have against blitz um i, I think barry barry Mernish nailed it and i think the big thing with the the Wii controls weren't bad like if you were pretty concise it was okay but i think they would have really benefited from the the joy cut or the the Wii plus uh, controller and especially the preciseness of the Joy Cons. I think it's going to be uh, potentially a, a brand new game if they end up using uh, motion controls. Still, I hope they have standard controls too. Like, give yeah. us the option. It'd be nice to have both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, it's not a horrible game. Um, I think the controls were were a lot of hindrances, and I think it just didn't have some of those 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 features like 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 uh, like the first two had. Like there was, it wasn't as, as just, it didn't grab you like, uh, like those did. And, and like, uh, I think Jared said, and you said, uh, to Barry, I've been so much happier. I think if they, if they did package those first two games in, in a remake or even package all three of them together, fantastic remake banana blitz, but give us one and two as yeah. well. Another thing is like monkey ball one had, I think it has what, three mini games and they were all fantastic. And then monkey ball two had six mini games, uh, and Target came back, and they they, they kind of ruined Target. It's okay, but it's not not as good as Monkey One. But at least there was there was like care to the mini games. And then Monkey Ball Blinded Blitz was like, we have fifty mini games. I'm like, oh my god, fifty or whatever it was. And they were all terrible early Wii yeah. mo- motion gimmick garbage games that look like someone just said, Hey, here's 50 of the worst ideas we could do. And someone said, make it. And none of them work. They're not fun. They are terrible. So if they go back and fix those games, maybe they're good, but the controls like the, this early waggle week, Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. No fun. For sure. 
Uh, hey, that's all the news we got. There was a lot to talk about tonight um, for sure. But uh, before we wrap up, uh, we do have two contests and two giveaways to talk about really soon. Um, we're, it's really exciting, so stay tuned. But before we do that, uh, I do want to thank uh, all you guys for, for tuning in. Thanks for uh, for jumping in the chat and, and, and talking about this news with us tonight. If you have not done so yet, if you're brand new to Nintendo Fuse, be sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video if you have enjoyed it, and uh, hit that bell on YouTube to be alerted every time we post a new video. And if you're listening later on, uh, on a podcast uh, app, be sure to subscribe there. And no matter where you are, uh, share this with others that enjoy talking about Nintendo. Uh, we would love to, to grow our community, including our social media and our Discord server. Um, we would love for you guys to, to jump in there and, and talk games with us throughout the week in between our podcasts. Um, that'd be awesome. So just uh, kind of search for us on social media at Nintendo Fuse. Um, the, the link to our Discord will be in our show notes and uh, it'd be great to, to talk all about games with you guys. All right. Now it's time, time to uh, talk about these contests. And so, uh, Barry, I'll let you go first. Um, talk about this, this exciting stuff we got going on uh, this year back uh, for, I think, the third time we've been able to do third something time. like this. Um, but this time it's, it's, it's really exciting this time around. It is. Um, okay. So for those of you that have been with Nintendo Fuse for a while, um, you'll probably already know this, uh, but for those of you that are newer to us, um, we have been very fortunate to work with uh, a company called Playcrafting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it is a company that is based out of New York City. They do a bunch of different gaming events um, and, and working with a lot of indie developers as well as bigger publishers uh, throughout the year. And uh, the CEO and founder of Playcrafting is a guy named Dan Butchko. He's an amazing, amazing human being, uh, and I'm proud to call him my friend. And uh, I look forward every year to sitting down and talking with him. And this year is no exception. Uh, I was very, very uh, honored to be able to do our third annual uh, industry talk, uh, which should go live tomorrow. Uh, that's Tuesday, the 23rd. Um, and I do encourage everyone to watch that. Uh, he's a great guy. And they put on a show called Play New York City. Uh, and this year, Play NYC is 2019. Uh, it is going to be at the Metropolitan Pavilion, uh, which is 125 West 18th Street in Manhattan. Um, these shows are like mini E3s, but unlike E3s or some other game shows, uh, when you go to play a game, you actually get to talk to the developer. <clears throat> the developer is the one showing you the game. So you get to play and say like, oh, I like this or I don't, and, uh, and actually talk right to them and they want to hear your feedback. So um, there's a lot of new things coming this year, a lot of great things. There are things that were only shown off at E3 on the E3 show floor that are going to be playable at Play NYC. Um, new venue, bigger, better. Like there's a ton, and I don't want to don't want to spoil it. Um, and I do encourage you watch the industry talk because Dan was super enthusiastic. Um, he had me so hyped, ready to go. Like there's so much to this. Um, but this will be held uh, August 10th and 11th of this year. That's a Saturday, Sunday, and we have. A contest going on for free tickets. He has been so gracious to uh, give us more free tickets. He's done it two years ago with the first show. He did it last year, and he's doing it again this year. Uh, so we have a contest, and that contest page is live, live right now. You can go to nintendofuse.com, and the link will be there. Um, please enter the contest. The contest is for the Dev and Pro Passes. These are $100 tickets 
that we are giving out. We got a bunch of them to give out. So we want some winners. Um, what does it give you? This gives you access to the show floor Saturday and Sunday. So it's a two-day pass. It also gives you access to an industry-only party. It gives you access to an industry lounge. There's going to be an industry lounge um, during the show where developers and press will be there as well as you. You could just walk into this. You could chill with the other developers. You could talk with them. You could talk to other press. Um, you could just have fun. And I'll be there. So if you come, you know, please say hi to me. Um, on top of that, you actually get in a little bit earlier on Saturday if you choose. Um, the show runs from 10 to 6 both days. But if you go Saturday, you can get in at 9, uh, which is really cool. So you can kind of get in before the crowd and get to play some of these games. And this is all offered um, for free. This is all as a giveaway um, to honor our Nintendo Fuse loyalists. And we want to give these tickets to you. Um, it is... It is a great show. We've had several people you know, over the past few years. Um, we actually had a whole article. If you want to go um, to NintendoFuse.com, you can look it up, uh, what people thought of, of 2018. You could see my review of it, my personal review, and you could see what our contest winners uh, thought of it. Uh, and this show is tackling a lot of the criticisms and being even better. Uh, like One of the biggest criticisms, which I'll just say, is that they were on multiple floors and sometimes it was a little cramped. This year, it's flat. It's one big floor. It's a bigger space, one floor, easier for handicap, accessible, and every developer is getting enough room. So there's no more crampness. Um, and it, it's just... It's just one of those things that I'm looking forward to so much and I hope you guys are too. And hopefully you can make it. Um, again, this is a yearly thing and we try to do this every year, but we can't do this giveaway every year without you guys because we want to give back to the community and they have been so gracious to allow us. So um, please go to nintendofuse.com. Please go to the contest and enter because we want to give you tickets to this great event. And also stay tuned for that industry talk. Again, uh, that's going to be tomorrow, the 23rd. Even if you can't make it, watch that, support uh, Playcrafting and all they do because they are trying to bring new video game events um, to New York City as well as other cities. And uh, we need more companies like them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that link is nintendofuse.com slash play NYC. But if, like Barry said, if you go to our, our page, uh, nintendofuse.com, you'll see a couple different ways to just click on that link. So um, just head to nintendofuse.com and uh, and enter today and, and share that with others as well. Um, like we said, we have we have a lot to give away. So be sure to, to get that link out to others, um, especially those that are in the New York area. We'd love to uh, for as many people as we can get to uh, to go. That'd be yeah. awesome, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy. Also, I do want to say, if you don't win, like if you can't win, or you're you're debating, you don't want to know if you want to enter, and you just say, you know what, maybe I just want to buy tickets. Uh, you can actually go to this site, the Play NYC site, and you can actually buy tickets right now. Um, and you can actually get a discount. They were in addition to giving us free tickets, they did do this for us. They also gave us a. Uh, coupon code pretty much um that you can get a discount so if you go there and you want to buy tickets you buy the weekend pass that's 50 dollars. you use the discount code nintendo fuse you will get 40 percent off of your price that's 20 bucks off of the price so if you don't win or you're not sure if you want to enter and you're just like you know what i this sounds too good i don't want to take the chance in waiting i just want to make sure i get my tickets um do that and use the code nintendo fuse and get 40 percent off a weekend pass as well 
That's such a great deal. So if you're wanting to win, enter to win. If you just want to give them some money uh, because you love them so much uh, like we do, um, go ahead and buy tickets and just use the discount code. Um, or if you miss out and you actually didn't win and you uh, want to get uh, tickets later on, um, use the discount code and save some save some money as well. So that's awesome. That'll be running uh, for two weeks, right, Barry, until our next podcast? Yep. The winners will be announced our next podcast and the contest runs right until 9.29 and 59 seconds, our next podcast, which is in two weeks. So plenty of time to enter. Um, but, you know, the sooner the better. Uh, make sure you do it so you don't forget about it. And uh, we want to give ample time for everybody. But we do hope to see you guys there. And if you go, if you win, uh, you know, seek me out. Uh, I'll be there uh, definitely Saturday, maybe Sunday. Um, and come say hi. It happened last year. Uh, I got to meet Jared, who was in the chat. He came and met me last year. That was awesome it was just it, it it makes my day to be able to meet and uh, you know all our fellow listeners and especially uh when we can give uh the gift of gaming to other people for sure yeah and on top of that uh we we do have a second giveaway and uh this one is gonna be a little quicker of a thing um we'll just say in order to win this all you're gonna do is uh is leave a comment in the chat or not the chat the the comment section of our youtube video uh later after the fact so the chat does not count when you need to leave a comment after the fact and uh the some gracious people over uh, connected to Team Sonic Racing, um, which is a great game to take on the go. Maybe even uh, when you get your Switch Lite, it's going to be one of those games that you can uh, take on the go with you and play uh, wherever you go. And to uh, get a free copy, uh, potentially a free copy of Team Sonic Racing, we have a code to give away. Uh, we're going to pick one at random, and uh, we'll just we'll just say uh, on the whim, we're going to give you uh, seventy-two hours. So leave a comment, and we'll pick one at random to win a code. Uh, for Team Sonic Racing, and uh, thanks to the team over there for giving us some codes to give away to uh, to you guys, our, our fans and, and our listeners. Should, uh, should we make it like uh, maybe like say your favorite Sonic games and why? Yeah, let's do that. So favorite Sonic game in the comments, and uh, we'll pick one of those. Like I said, at random, so it doesn't matter. Maybe your your favorite Sonic game is is Sonic uh, Sonic 06, and we're not going to hold it against you. <laughs> we're not. We're, you know, it's at random. We you, you make it chosen. Uh, even though it's a, it's a horrible pick, maybe that's your favorite. So uh, you can you can pick whatever you want, and uh, and we'll pick one of those at random at the end of this week. So and if you are curious about Team Sonic Racing, we do have a game chat on our YouTube channel that you can go ahead and watch too for our thoughts. That's true, and uh, yeah. So like we said, it's a, it's a good game, but uh, but Barry, it's a you and Mike, right? Yeah. You, you guys talked about uh, about it quite a bit, so you can hear all about our thoughts about Team Sonic Racing. So. All right, let's wrap this thing up uh, quickly before we, we do so. Uh, Greg, what are you looking forward to playing over the next couple of weeks? Fire Emblem Three Houses. Boom. Done. All right, done. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. All right, uh, Barry, what are, you, what are you looking forward to playing? Um, I'm looking forward to continuing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and uh, and Final Fantasy and Dragalia. And honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm getting Fire Emblem, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go right into it. Or not? Uh, there's just there's some other titles coming that I, you know, I don't even know what's coming to be honest with you. And then like things just show up at my door, and I'm like, oh, oh, I totally forgot about this game. This is out now. Okay, well now maybe I want to play it. So I really don't know. It's it's potluck almost. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood be one one of those games? Maybe. 
that is that is definitely coming out and i am getting it unfortunately though i'm getting it it's one of those codes in a box and i'm really angry about it um but i just uh, it's technically an official release but I, I absolutely hate it because it's not really a physical game but i didn't play wolfenstein uh to the new colossus or 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 um the remake of one i played i played the original obviously wolfenstein 3d and the return to castle wolfenstein which i think was in the original xbox um but i've i've since grown out of first person shooters they haven't done it for me uh nearly as what they used to do so it's it's probably not going to touch my system yeah for sure uh yeah pretty much i'm going to be playing you know super mario maker 2 um some more when i get to, to all you guys levels and stuff but marvel ultimate alliance 3 is is going to be the thing that i'm, I'm going to be playing the most uh, other than rocket league of course uh over the next few weeks so um yeah hoping to uh maybe even be far along enough uh, by the next podcast uh, to say i beat it or come close to beating it so We'll, we'll see and hopefully maybe by that time uh, barry and i would have uh, gotten some chance to, to do some co-op online too yeah i'd like that for sure all right uh thanks so much for tuning in again be sure to hit that bell to be alerted every time we post a new video subscribe hit the like button here on youtube and subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice and uh share this with other nintendo fans we are so grateful that you've tuned in for episode 179 we've been doing this for so long Uh, i believe an anniversary is coming up pretty soon we'll tell you that more about that in a future episode Um, but thanks so much for tuning in we're going to be back on august August 5th for episode 180. And until then, uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Greg, Barry. Um, It's been great as always. Yeah. Thanks for having me and glad to be a part of it, even if I show up late. (laughs) Yes. Thanks as always. It's always a pleasure and uh, look forward to seeing you guys in two weeks.